Welcome back, George. Hey, we saw each other recently, and that was great. It, it was, was really great. good time. And the we weather did could not have been it, We don't tell anybody we're having perfect weather in the Pacific Northwest. Shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> and yeah, and we did zero podcast things while you were here, which was probably the best thing. I guess so. Although, you know, I when I came home, I thought, wait, why didn't we sit together and do a podcast episode? We would have been so cute. Welcome to The Belief Shift, the show that explores what you really need to know about building a successful business. I'm your host, Camille Rapaz, business coach and consultant who spent too much of her career working in corporate business performance. And I'm George Trapeau, your co-host and her brother. I'm a leader in the tech world, bringing my corporate perspective, but mostly my curiosity. Together, we're exploring beliefs about success and how to achieve it, but mostly we're bringing practical solutions so you and your business can thrive. And now we're back in podcast land. You did get a little time off while I did some mini episodes of my own, which was kind of fun, but not nearly as fun as recording with you. And today we need to do a little celebrating because this is officially our 52nd episode, which means we've been podcasting for a year. That blows me away. I know. Me too. We are at the one year mark, which also kind of blows me away. But it's good because I feel like, wow, that went fast. It wasn't, it was hard, but not hard. You know what I mean? Like, I do. I, I could definitely see how it keep going, but I was curious. I mean, I have all of my own businessy learnings from it, but I was curious what's been the most interesting or maybe unexpected for you about doing this podcast together over the last year. I was going to say that I learned that I, I do better with shorter episodes and longer episodes, but I don't get to say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you haven't done an episode no. by yourself. That's a different thing. Yeah. I So one thing that has very little to do with the podcast, but it's a reflection on time is, you know, I'm losing track of time much more easily than I used to. And I it's, I don't think it's my age. I think it's COVID. Since COVID, I've lost years. Like if I have a memory of something that I think is a year ago, it's usually at least two. If it's three years ago, it's four to five years ago. And related to that, it doesn't feel like we've been doing this for a year. If you ask me, pop your head without thinking, how long have you been doing this? Six months, maybe eight. I would not have not have said a year. The time is just different. Agreed. I have the same experience with time and also related to since COVID. I can't, I go, that was too, no, wait, I think that was, yeah, just warped time somehow. And I, I, I can't fix it. Yeah. 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 Agreed. So I was in terms of the podcast, when we started out, we were, I mean, we were talking about how we both see management and leadership issues in different contexts. We'd have fun sharing stories and talking about that. And then you had this idea for the podcast and this angle seemed like fun. I'm not sure I would have imagined we'd have 50 plus topics so easily. I mean, that I would just say the audience, it's a credit to you that you've created all this stuff. And if people could see all the work that you've done and all the prep you've done is phenomenal. Nonetheless, that we had this many different topics to talk about fairly easily, that actually surprises me. It does. I would have thought, yeah, we've got, we've got a couple of stories. We'll have a couple of topics and then I'm going to be grasping for straws, but that is not how it's been. It's not been difficult talking with you about any of these topics. I don't know if that makes sense. It does and also doesn't because you and I <laughs> never have trouble finding topics to talk That's about. True. Yeah. So, and even Why if should we I put be surprised? It, even if we put it into this narrow bucket of let's just talk about work, there's always a story that leads to some interesting 
you know, discussion, not even just us telling a story that's just complaining about work, but it always leads into some more, you know, philosophical or principle-based conversation. So what does that mean? Like we always end up going there. So in a way I'm not surprised. And so we'll see if after this next year of podcasting, what you think, because I, in some ways do also get a little surprised when I look at the list of topics that I have for us, I think, holy moly, I, there is kind of no end to what we could talk about here. So they also say that's a good sign of a podcast that you just never tire of talking about your topic. So that's good for us. Yeah, that is good for us. But I have found that, you know, doing, doing this work, being able to create meaningful content for people is definitely work, but also some of the most fun work that I've ever gotten to do. Having a reason to really go research a topic hmm. that I, a topic that I feel I, so every topic we pick, I feel like, yeah, I know about that topic, but this is a chance to learn a little bit more, to just level up or see what other people are saying about it. And I just love that I have that opportunity to do that, which I don't always get in all of my work. Yeah, yeah. So I love that I've been able to have that opportunity to do it. And then of course, mostly I just love that I get brother sister time, which is, you know, on stuff, maybe a few times a year, we get time when we can break away and talk about stuff like this, but it's been really fun to be able to do it so often. I feel like, wow, I really kind of know more about what's going on in George's life than I otherwise oh, interesting. would. So that's fun. Mm. That is that that reminds me. That's definitely a big gift for me. I have a much better sense of your business just from doing this because I hear about this. And I love that. It's great. Makes me think I should do a podcast with your husband too. Although yeah, I have a pretty good <laughs> sense of what's going on with him. <laughs> I mean, we could just bring him as a guest on the pod, and then you can just find out. So yes, hmm. it it also is interesting as I try to strike the balance of well, it's just fun to talk about these topics. And I find topics that I want to talk to you about. And then I always have to think, wait, does my audience care about that? I better make yeah. sure everybody else wants to hear about this. So <laughs> if we've ever had episodes that you guys are like, why the heck are they talking about this? <laughs> we apologize, but yeah, it just might let be, us know. <laughs> it might be part of the deal that you just got into by listening to our podcast. Uh, uh, so happy anniversary, one year. Happy anniversary podcast. and congratulations, Yay. Camille. Truly. Well, thank you making this happen. It's impressive. Well, thanks for doing it with me. I definitely wouldn't have done it. Otherwise, I didn't really see a path to doing it that I could sustain. So thanks. Cool. That's cool. So today I do have a good topic for us. What's that? It is leading yourself or huh. self-leadership, whatever you want to call it. Huh. So here's where this comes from. Okay. So we all know that if you're going to raise the performance of a business, of your organization, it really comes down to good leadership. So leaderships, they're setting the direction, they're establishing the systems that run the business, they're determining the culture, they're, all of the underpinnings of success sort of lie with leadership. But when it comes to leadership, I find a lot of focus on what's happening externally to the leader and not enough on what's going in on internally. And so there's these layers of leadership that you've probably heard. So one is, you know, you need to be good at leading yourself and then you can think about leading others. And then the third, the sort of next advanced level of that is then leading other leaders or leading an organization. So yeah. there's first yourself, then there's others, and then there's the bigger picture leading the organization. And, may I interject something here? Yeah. So this, I 
don't think this is going to change the the layering. But what this brings to mind is, so my last company at Red Hat, Red Hat was probably one of the two or three best companies in the world at doing open source software, which is all about dealing with communities. And the way they do it is, I mean, I could whole episodes about how Red Hat did it and merging, you know, hippies and suits together. There, when we talk about promoting people within Red Hat, part of the promotion criteria talks about this kind of scope, but also includes participation in communities. So not just internal, but external. I'm not even going to say organizations. That's what brought it to mind. Communities, like loose bands of people who are volunteer armies of, of folks doing stuff that you wouldn't really call an organization by the standard definition we think of, but they are a group of people and leadership of those is hugely important to Red Hat. And it's a different angle than thinking about leading a structured organization. I don't think it's different, but I just wanted to add that thought in there, you know? Yeah, it seems like it kind of lies between the leading others and organizations. Like there's a community leadership aspect. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's enormous. Yeah. Yeah. I think it still fits into this, you know, this idea of you're you're going through these layers of leadership, I guess is the best way I can think of it, right? Yes. I love that. Love so it. So I wanted to talk about this today because, well, I think it's we don't talk about it enough, right? We talk a lot about just leadership of the typical things we think of when it comes to mostly leading others, right? So that's the emphasis that I see mostly out in the world and not a lot about leading self. Or if we do, we might think about it in terms of just well, that's just personal development, but I don't even know if it's just that. Like, I think we sort of diminish it by just saying it's just that. So it's an area I think just easily gets either overlooked or underappreciated. Yes, sir. Push it from the audience. <laughs> yeah, people can't I'm see glad. you raising your hand on the podcast. Because we're audio only today. Them. I know, audio only. I mean, what, what is this that I'm doing? <laughs> head exploding. Yeah, head, head exploding, exploding emoji. Yes. So, uh, you know, this is interesting. This is one of the things I was going to ask you about this, honestly, about the difference between self-leadership and like personal management and stuff. And it reminds me, there's a long time ago, I took a course based on Stephen Covey's principles. And the course is called Time Management and Personal Leadership. It was called that, Time Management and Personal Leadership. Their angle is very much like, and two separate but related concepts. Like the, the, the course was for meant for people who are horrible at managing their time. And I was horrible at managing my time and wanted to be more structured about it. But the whole, once you got in there, the angle was very much about self-leadership and time management was one aspect of that. It was just totally, once you get, it was like we were tricked, like we were baited and switched. I think I'm going to learn how to schedule myself better. Like, oh, whoa, whoa, what? What do you mean write your epitaph first? <laughs> But it was it was great. Totally worked this way. So I wanted to ask you how you differentiate like self-improvement from personal leadership, if that makes sense. Yes. Well, let's get into the definition of what it means to lead yourself and then flush okay. that out. Because I do think okay. that it's, yeah, I think it can be a little bit tricky and it might just be more about the way that the language has taken on its own meanings today. So mm. I'll, I'll hold, I'm going to hold that for later for a minute. But great question. Um, so yeah, so this idea of self-leadership, what I find is that companies will sort of fairly easily invest in people in, in leadership development programs, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, but there can often be this lack of investment in 
being a better individual, you know, leading of self. And I think it's partly we look at it as, well, that's their personal development that they own. And that's true. But as an organization, I think you have a responsibility to make sure that that's an expectation that's clearly set, that there is a space for that to happen. And I think we miss out when we skip that step and go straight to just how do you lead other people? Mm. Because what I find that does is it just creates a lot of tension I don't want to, I don't want to jump ahead. I'm about to jump ahead. So I'm just going to say that for now. So (laughs) determining, so, so let's just talk about what self-leadership is. So what does it mean to lead yourself? Self-leadership is this idea that you're, you understand who you are. You are identifying with what are, what are your desired experiences? So what do you want? Mm -hmm. And that you're intentionally guiding yourself towards those experiences that you want. And so it sort of spans this concepts of, you know, what we do, why we do it and how we do it. Mm-hmm. Sounds pretty personal development-y, right? Yeah. But what does it mean to you? So I'm curious what it means to you in practical terms, George. Okay. I'm going to have to work hard on this one because I will tell the audience I'm cheating. I saw show notes and I saw these words and when I read them, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's how I feel about it. <laughs> Damn it. But I'm going to bring in an obvious story. Okay, good. And the obvious story, I hope, will illustrate how I think about self-leadership. And if you're new to the podcast, Avi is George's son. Wonderful son 90% of the time. (laughs) He's He's seven and a half years old. So Avi, in the relationship to self-leadership, I feel that as a parent, I have two jobs. And I would love to get feedback on the podcast where you guys feel like I'm missing the boat or how you think about it differently or if it resonates with you. But the two jobs are first. The first and most important job is to help our son, to help Avinash understand himself. And what that means is learning how to explore himself in his world, give him tools that he can do self-reflection, self-exploration, and figure it out. So figure out who he wants to be in, in the world his whole life now and as he gets older. Give him tools for self-exploration, get to know himself. The second job is to let him know that I get him, that I understand him. So doing what I can to try to understand him, pay attention to him, see what kind of a person he is, not what I want him to be, but who he actually is, and let him know that I understand that. If he gets the latter, if he grows up knowing that his parents get him, then he's going to have a confident attachment to people in general. He will always know that he's not alone. There's somebody on the planet who who understands who he is, and that will give him great inner confidence. People who have that sort of connection have that. Just read Harry Potter if you want to understand. (laughs) Harry Potter versus Voldemort. That's all you need to see for that. And then for for the first time, it's true, though. And for the first thing, helping him understand himself, I strongly believe that if you have the tools to reflect and explore and you're not afraid of all the things that go with understanding yourself, to me, that is personal leadership. There's a bunch of tools that go with that. Am I able to reflect? Am I able to honestly evaluate myself? Am I able to understand who I am and what I want? Which I'm just basically now repeating your words. (laughs) And then do I understand what it takes for me to get there? Because different people get there in different ways. Do I understand how I do it and how I can best execute? To me, that's what self-leadership means. And so to me, to simplify it, if I oversimplify it, I think about job as a parent to get Avi to understand himself. That's the basic. Everything else 
flows from that, right and wrong, interacting with other people and all that stuff. Okay, that's what it means in practical terms to me. That's my best best way of basically repeating what you said. Because I completely <laughs> agree with what you said. <laughs> you are welcome to always agree with what I say and repeat it, especially <laughs> if it involves a story about Avi. <laughs> Good to know. Okay. I mean, because it also is great because it really does put it into perspective of like, this is really what we're talking about, right? And it starts at a very young age. But I think the important part here is we should never stop doing that. Yeah. And at some point, we just end up having to do it for ourselves. Like our parents aren't helping us do it. You're trying to build those capabilities for him now, right? So he knows how to do this yeah. as a lifelong skill. Teaching him how to cook. Yeah. And it gets back to the idea of just, you know, this what we talked about before, this continuous learning, continuous improvement mindset mm -hmm. of I'm always on this journey. I'm always focusing on this level of development. And it's easy for us to, as we mature, start to look outside of ourselves and stop looking internally, right? We sort of maybe think we've got this or for whatever reasons, there's, it also gets more complicated what we're dealing with externally. So maybe it seems like it needs more of our attention. Yeah. And so I bring this up because I think it's just something that we all need to be reminded of that is part of the journey of being a good business owner or business leader means you've got to be doing the work of how do I become better at self-leadership, at leading myself, not just leading my team or leading my business or leading, you know, whatever you're in charge of. So yep. something I think is important to distinguish here is that, and it, what I talked about this in a prior episode. So an episode, it was one of the, the summer shorts episodes I did on what is leadership, where I talked about management versus leadership. Yeah. And there is self-management and self-leadership also. And when we think about, say, time management, we're thinking about self-management. How am I managing myself? But there's also yes. self-leadership, which is really about setting myself some long-term goals and aspirations and those, what, like, what direction do I want to go? What, what, who am I aspiring to be kind of thing, right? That's more yes. about self-leadership. So I just call that out because they think that it's important to distinguish between the two, but also know that good self-leadership requires good self-management skills. Mm -hmm. And the better you are at self-management, the better leader you can be. Okay. So self-management, you're organizing and executing on tasks and how well am I doing that? And self-leadership, you're really saying, what, what are my values? Am I working in alignment to them? And am I working with it in integrity in that way? And am I choosing to expand and learn both externally about skills, but also internally about myself? Because I myself am also changing as life goes on. So assuming I got this and I know who I am is also kind of foolish because we are, we are, you know, as human beings, we're always changing. So, you know, sort of, a, oh yeah, I used to think that way. And now I think this, that happens, right? Interesting. It brings up a philosophical question that I will throw out there and not talk about, you know, a lot of people say people don't really change. I actually don't know where I sit on that. I do not want to, I don't want to believe that, but I get the point when people say, yeah, people don't really change. They are who they are. Yeah, but I agree with what you're saying. We we are different over time. How I am, how I think about the world now is not how I thought about the world when I was a teenager. Oh my goodness, no. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe you and I can talk about it either in another podcast or just separately outside. Yeah. 
but I believe you. I totally agree with you. We we are, have different angles or different attitudes in different points of time. And so to, yeah, it's, that's awesome, Camille. To think that you can kind of figure it out once and be done and never, and stop improving or stop changing, that's, you're not serving yourself well. Yes. Yeah. This might be cool. served well in an episode that I want to do on all the personality tests that we use for leadership development. Really? Yes, because I have strong okay. opinions. So. I'm going to save that for later. Really? You have strong opinions? I'm shocked. I have strong opinions about that. So yes, we need to, because I think that that's related to, do we change or do we not change over time? So holding that out separately, but great. Yes. I mean, this does bring up all sorts of great questions like that, which is also why I love these topics, but Mm. to not turn this into a two hour episode, let's just focus on this self-leadership aspect. Sounds good. So when we thought, think about self-leadership includes developing self-awareness, which in a way can be, I think one of the hardest things to do is being self-aware of how am I showing up in the world and what, you know, these are hard things to do, but you can learn how to do this, developing self-awareness, setting clear goals, practicing self-regulation. Like am I, am I managing myself and my reactions and my emotions? Funny. I'm just thinking about the story you told me before we started the pod about your friend. Mm-hmm. Self-regulation mm-hmm. can be a challenge yeah. for her, right? Yeah. Time management skills, decision-making, self-motivation, adaptability, initiative, self-discipline, continuous learning, self-reflection, and seeking support and membership. So it's just a big list of things that you consider in the Am I developing my self-leadership skills? Those are the types of topics that you would take on. And, you know, part of the really starts with the self-awareness is what where you can't work on all of those all at one time. So where should I focus in any given moment? So that is self-leadership. Awesome. I mean, that list itself is fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, maybe overwhelming. As I was reading it, I was like, this is a long list. But I think they're all important for us to consider. I like to think of it in this way. If you look at the list and you think, well, that's a really long, that that's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Instead, I like to flip it around to, well, I am never going to be bored. There's always some aspect here that I can work on and think about and explore. And like thinking of it as I have this discussion with my clients a lot about think about what we're doing as a, a, a journey. You're not trying to, you know, just get to a destination and be done. We don't want to ever be done. We always want to be, when it comes to learning, we always want to be on the journey of learning. And you know, you're doing it well, when the more you learn, the more you realize there is yet to learn, you know, that experience, like I've learned something and then it just opened up a, oh my goodness, there's all this other stuff for me to learn yet. And I love when I work with people who get excited, like their mindset is, holy cow. And then they're just excited to keep going, go further, go further, learn more. Me too. Yeah. And that's when you know, you're also doing work that suits you is that you have that energy to, I want to learn more about this. I want to learn more about that. That's a, that's a great space to be in, right? We don't always have that in our work, but when you can make those align, yay. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So that's what self-leadership is. Now you can see in there, back to your question about, you know, personal development, Sure. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of personal development stuff in there. The reason I like the self-leadership term better is I don't think it's necessarily that it's that different from personal development as much as I think it's about what it leads you toward. So when I think about self-leadership 
I think about what that means in terms of what happens when I lack self-leadership in the context of my business and what I do. So personal development can be for anything. When I think about what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to elevate the performance of a business, which relies on good leadership and good leadership is leading self, leading others, leading the organization. If you think of self-leadership as it is in service to elevating my leadership into these other areas, or I guess advancing or whatever word you want to use, I'm moving through, right? From self-leadership to leading others, to leading the organization, I need to be a good self-leader if I'm going to do those other things. So here's, here's what maybe would be a good question for you, George, to think about this. Can you think of, so you've, you've worked with tons of leaders in your experience yeah. and you have probably run into plenty of leaders who were running large teams of people, but you could tell that that leader didn't have strong self-leadership skills. Yeah. I'm wondering if you have yeah. a good example of that. I have I have some versions of this that I can share as well, but I wonder if you can think of good examples where you're like, wow, they just weren't really good at leading themselves. And they might've actually been a fairly good team leader, but you could see where their self-leadership was lacking and there's an impact of that, right? Yeah, this is great. Wow, so I'm flashing back to, I've never thought about it from this angle before. This is really cool. I'm definitely going to spend time thinking about this while I'm running because I want to th- I want to think about this in more depth. What's happening right now is I'm thinking about leaders I've seen who I think are like they are effective in some ways at getting stuff done or leading a changing a team, they're doing having a lot of mechanics of management, but not great leaders. And like they're not in where I'm going to go with this is I'm going to make a connection between the concept of you can't really fully love somebody else until you love yourself properly. And I'm going to make that analogy here. You can't really lead others until you learn how to leave yourself properly. And if that's true, and I don't know if it is, but if it's true, then yeah, I got a bunch of people I can think of who clearly don't lead themselves well because they don't self-reflect. I can think of one guy who does not reflect about how he was seen by others. And so he would just go and do stuff or have expectations for a team, set goals reasonably clearly, but was chaotic, was not inspiring, was not good for morale for people, didn't really think about how to grow the capabilities of this team, all these other things that went wrong, we just kind of knew how to get stuff done <laughs> and knew how to hire and fire and organize a team. But I don't think of that as leadership, really. That's just all the mechanics of what he needed in his organization. Yeah, absolutely. Management and that leadership. So I, yeah, by this definition, I can think of some people who are not good leaders. I'm, there's one guy who comes to mind, two people who come to mind immediately who I think were excellent self-leaders. And I love them as managers. My first manager out of college, out of, out of school, and my first job, that guy super self-reflective, super clear about who he was in the world. So that's, you're asking me one thing, I'm answering kind of the opposite. Can I think of somebody who clearly you could see, oh yeah, you're good at leading yourself. And I could see how that's made you a better leader. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I got to think more on this. This is an awesome, awesome question. Where are you going with this? Well, so where I'm going with this is I think one of the things that I have found most frustrating in my experience with leaders is just the hypocrisy of leaders that are expecting their teams to be one way and they're doing it another. Oh, interesting. 
And it's this frustration of, as a coach, when I go into help leadership teams improve, that I can see the leader is clearly not living up to the standards that they want for their team, but they're Mm -hmm. not, they're not asking me to help them be better. They're asking me to help their team be better, but it's actually them that needs to be better first because their team can clearly see it. Even if they can't put it into this context of what, you know, they can, they're frustrated by the way that their leader is leading. And usually those leaders are, they're getting away with it because they are also high performers in other areas. So maybe they do hit their numbers every, every quarter. Right. Oh yeah. But the way they're doing it is also, so, so their team's like, yay, we're winning, but also I'm kind of miserable because I had to work all these super long hours and my boss wasn't really clear about all of the expectations of what I needed to do or the goal kept shifting in order for us to hit that mark. And it was really frustrating that we kept getting redirected all the time. And there's all these different ways that we can go about hitting these goals. And some of them are really debilitating to a team, to a team being able to be a high performing team. And this is what leads to some people just exit out. They're like, I don't want to work in this environment. I'm out. So you end up with high turnover or just frustrated teams that are burning out and they start to make mistakes. So I see this as well, where teams are, they get these big projects and they just, they cannot follow through on them because they don't have the fundamentals of leading this Mm -hmm. effort through. And so they make a lot of mistakes along the way and that costs the business money. So there's all these places where I think this, it really comes down to me of the frustration of, I, I don't know, think that teams necessarily could put this word on it, but I think if they took this word and thought about it, they'd go, that's what it is, which is just, I feel like my leader is being a bit of a hypocrite by expecting us to deliver in X way, but they get a pass, right? So yeah. like classic examples I see are time management. Everybody should be on time and get their work done efficiently. Mm-hmm. and yet. I, as the leader, am too busy to follow that rule. I get to be late. I get to come in late and leave early. I get like, I get a pass on sort of what I I don't, I don't have to do it the way the rest of the team does it. Right. Yeah. Same with the seeking of support and mentorship. So this is the example I started with, which is at a certain point, you know, these leaders, they're so focused on getting their teams to perform better that they forget that it actually starts with them learning to lead better. And asking like, yeah. coach me on how to coach my team to be better. That yeah. rarely happens. Yeah. So this is where I'm going with it. Okay. I, I totally buy that. You're bringing to mind something else that I hadn't thought until just now. And I can think of a couple of examples of managers who are not great leaders, but they genuinely want to be, and they try hard but they haven't been given tools for self-leadership. So they don't have their own personal, like the good people. And I've been thinking kind of negatively about this, but no, I definitely know people who are like fantastic intent. I hear them talk to me in the past about what they've wanted to do. And I'm just like, oh, look, I, I'm going to work with you because I can see you want to be a good leader. And I can see you just don't, yeah, get they haven't started with themselves. Yeah. Yo, yeah, 100%. I mean, I think if you're going to be a good leader of a team, the place you start is, do, does every individual on my team understand what self-leadership is and do they have the tools to improve that for themselves? Mm. Right. Cool. Do they know yeah. how to work on this? So, you know, even if you're talking about the basic things of like, oh, let me help you with some time management skills or decision-making skills or whatever that is that they need work on. Mm-hmm. I do think that this is the space that organizations overlook 
as being really important, which is how do I create in all of my employees, but especially my up and coming leaders who do have a lot of high potential, but just maybe haven't been given this chance, mm -hmm. the opportunity to learn. And so this is why I also like to call it self-leadership because personal development always seems to be something that is just, it's put upon you to just go figure out for yourself. Oh, I see. And I think organizations do themselves a disservice by just expecting that to happen instead of yeah. setting the expectation and creating some level of support for it. Now, I don't yeah. think organizations should own this. Individuals need to own their development, but it's a two-way street and the organization will benefit so much if they just do some small things to let employees know how important that is to them. It's important that you develop yourself. It will lead to being in service to our overall leadership being better, leadership for the organization then being better. Mm -hmm. And it's short-sighted to not think of it in that way. Cool. Yeah, I like that. Okay. So, so now that begs the question, how do you do it? How do you do it? Do you have ways that you either have in the past or do work on self-leadership for yourself? I have a yes, but I'm not sure that I have a system that I could describe to you right now, I can think of a couple of principles I have, which is I, I have this philosophy that life only becomes harder, which sounds like it's pessimistic, but it's not. I mean, there are things about your life that are going to get harder. You're going to become less physically abled as you get older. And so things you could do, you can't do, or you have to work harder to do it. There's the new challenges as you go from a child to an adult, you learn about managing your finances and getting married and all that stuff. There's a continuing set of challenges that life presents you as you keep doing it, as you keep living. And if that's true, then I, how I think of myself is I always have to be learning. It's going back to your point. We both believe in self-improvement, continuous improvement, continuous learning. So probably my core principle is to always be learning. I can always be learning something, even if I don't focus on what it is, that's good. But I do try to focus on learning something that's Relevant to my context now, I'm reading a book right now that's going to help me learn about how to onboard myself in my new role at the company. You know, it's, it's something that's a gift for my wife, which is great. She knows this about me too. I think about reviewing from time to time where am I, my core attributes, relationship, health, job, emotional stability, and what can I be doing to make sure those are on track or what am I doing to keep those healthy? That's a good start for me. And so the, that gives me different kinds of act, things to think about. How do I think about my health, my physical health plan? Start from there and go from high level to detailed. You know, what are my goals on a week by week basis? Same thing with career. What's my overall career plan? I'm on track and I pay the least attention to that, which is bad. <laughs> so I guess my answer here is, first of all, I have a mindset of continuous learning, which happens to suit me well because I like learning, but it's, it's helpful. And I guess my other thing is I evaluate from time to time, where am I in the key areas of my life? And am I keeping myself on track? And if I'm not, what kinds of things should I be doing to keep myself on track? I think I have all these, I do all these things that you have in the list, but they're not explicit. And seeing them in an explicit list is great. It's the kind of thing that I could go at the beginning of each year, at the end of each year and say, okay, how many of these things am I really paying attention to? If not, this is a great checklist. I'm going to stop there. What about you? Yeah, I. if I'm doing it well, then I do have more of a system that I like to think of. 
of course, because yeah. that's how my brain works. Of course. And so I think of it like this. So I'm actually going to share what I, my ideal approach is when I'm doing it. Well, I'm not always doing this well. I think we all sort of fluctuate in and out of doing this well, but I'm going to answer with also my, what I recommend people think to do to improve their self-leadership. So the first one is to really decide on an area to work on. And so you can consider areas that you either want to improve for yourself, for your team, for whatever that is. There's, There's an area that you want to work on in general. And then you translate that into what's my area of self-leadership that supports this. So you can pull from that list that I gave, which I will drop in the show notes, that whole list. You can sort of think about it. So maybe your team, you know, your company is working on a lot of changes. And so maybe you think, gosh, I really want to work on my adaptability. How am I going to be more adaptable to the changes that are coming? Because change can be really stressful. And as a leader, you want to demonstrate what you want for the organization, which is to be highly adaptable to this changing situation. Okay. So say you think about that. So once you figure out the area to work on, then you can move into the, okay, well, now I got to learn more about this. So maybe I need to understand what does it even look like to be a highly adaptable leader or individual? And do you start? So I start to take in information. I might look for podcasts or books. Like you said, you're reading a book on this topic. So you can learn some ideas about how to do it better. So I start taking in lots of different information and I yeah. like to take in lots of perspectives so I can start to get to the underlying theme that I need to understand and then come up with some experiments to see what's going to work for me. Like start trying some things out. Oh, I think this is a great idea. This really fits for me. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. I, I never prescribe the idea that you would take any one book and follow it step by step, because I don't mm. think that that is ever fully, there's no one solution that fits for everybody. That's just never the case. Usually these books will have all of these, you know, steps and you'll find like half of them might be useful or a third of them might be useful to you. And then the third step is to really figure out what kind of support do I need? Do I need a mentor, a coach, a consultant, or a teacher to help me along the path? Because we all need help with this. So thinking that you can do personal development or uh, develop yourself leadership skills without some extra help, I -hmm. think is a mistake. Everybody needs a little bit of help. And my previous episode to this talks about those four methods of help so you can get a better understanding. So if you didn't listen to that, Mm -hmm. go back and listen to episode 51, which is about teaching, consulting, coaching, and mentoring, and what's the difference. So you can think about what type of help might I need, but improving yourself without somebody to serve as like that mirror or that guide for you in these areas, it's really going to slow you down and it's just going to limit your abilities because yeah, it takes a village is actually true. The other way I like to think of this that I would add in as like a bonus way to think of it is think of seasons of learning. So maybe this season, this quarter, I'm focusing on a topic that just is interesting to me that I've been intending. Maybe I don't have an urgency around something to learn, but I do want to be in a continuous learning mindset. So maybe it's a skill that I want to improve on, or maybe it's a personal development, self-leadership aspect that I want to learn about. And I just have a season of, of learning about that. I love that concept. Like we said, you can't learn all of those things all at the same time. So I do actually have a season of learning coming back where I really want to focus on the idea of decision-making. We've had some discussions on this and I want to learn more about different ways that people are thinking about decision-making. So I'll start reading books and taking in information on this topic. I also find it helpful because if I bounce around to different topics, it's hard for the knowledge to stick with me. So I have to stick with a topic for a while to really kind of let it settle in. 
Yeah. So seasons of learning can be helpful for that too. That makes a lot of sense to me. Too much context is switching really disrupts your ability for learning to sink in. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool pro tip. Yeah. I like that a lot. Any last thoughts about self-leadership? I really like this topic. I like that you distinguishing self-leadership from personal management because they're related, but different. They can play off each other. I just, I like this. I like the layers that you mentioned of these three layers of leadership. That's really important and a very simple framework, self, others, and leaders or other organizations. Big enterprise business, that tends to map to kind of promotion criteria in big companies too. So you think about this, you're on your way toward setting up yourself for promotions at companies. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, I think if that's something you're looking at in your organization, you have to think of all three of these layers all the time. So if you're thinking, hey, I really want to be better at, you know, thinking about setting the direction, setting a vision, like I really want to get to that level of leadership in my mm-hmm. company because I want to become a director or a VP, or even as a business owner, you have to do this. If you're just running a small business, you've got to be able to set a direction and have a vision. Starting with yourself is the best place to start. Well, how would I do that for myself first? Can I get good at doing that within my own life? And then start thinking about applying it to the business. But any topic that applies to leading of others and, you know, leading of teams, leading of organizations, you can absolutely put into the context of leading yourself. And that is the challenge to everybody listening. Very cool. All right. That's all I have for this week's episode. It's great. Congratulations again on the one year anniversary. Nicely. I'm looking forward to this next year with you. I know we got lots of fun stuff to talk about. Yeah, we we do. Gotta, the only thing I want to improve on is we didn't have as many guests as I really wanted to have. My yeah. plan was to have more guests. So I'm really going to try and ramp that up because, man, I've been meeting a lot more great people lately. I've been networking more. So I've got some people teed up that I want to have on the podcast that I think are going to bring great insights and stories. And so more of that to come as well, because, you know, there's only so much that can come out of our two little brains. That's true. I got to tell you, I was disappointed when Oprah turned us down, but I realized she's busy. I get it. (laughs) Yeah. What are you going to do? Maybe next year. All right. Well, thanks everybody for hanging out with us. If you're loving the podcast, please leave us a review on Apple podcasts, but more importantly, just share it with people, you know, who might want to learn more about leadership and high performance businesses. If you have any questions or you have topics for us, or you just want to say hi, You can leave us a voicemail at thebeliefshift.com. There's a little widget thing on the side of the website there where you can just click and leave us a quick voicemail. And lastly, I need to do a better job of this. So starting now, I'm going to do a better job of reminding people, telling people that there is a faster path to improvement than just listening to the podcast, which is to Mm. do a free consultation with me. So you can go to my website. There will be a link in the show notes where you can book a free consultation. It's a one hour call with me where we'll just chat about what your challenges are and figure out your next path forward. What's most important about this, I think, is people sometimes don't do this because they think they're not ready yet. They're not ready to hire their coach or they're not ready to hire their consultant. And I encourage you to do this before you're ready so you know what it takes to get ready, whether that's setting a budget or deciding on what your first focus area is going to be or any pre-work you want to do before that. So it's actually a great thing to do before you're ready. So make that free consultation because so that means everybody, everybody who's listening, they have no excuse to not make the free consultation (laughs) call. How's that for marketing? Do it. 
I don't know that's what great. my marketing consultants would think about that, but free. maybe I'll ask her. Free. That's the part. Free. Free, but valuable. Full of value. Yes. Yes. All, all right. right. That's all I have for this week. And we will be back in your ears next week. Mm-hmm.